1: Welcome to Out Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield here in the midweek as the Bulldogs played this past weekend. It's week two of the college football season. Charlie Winfield. Hey, looking back at this past weekend, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, and I'm not trying to be an apologist here, but just thinking back to the defense, the way the defense played this past weekend, hey, if you take away one drive for, now it was a good drive for Southeastern Louisiana in that game. 16 plays and 79 yards. If you take away that drive,
0: defense played pretty good. So what you're saying is if we take away 13% of the football game, I think this drive took what, like eight minutes? It took eight minutes and nine seconds. Okay, so if we take away 13% of the game, it was all roses. That's Uh, what you're telling me. Other than the play, Ms. Lincoln.
1: Okay. That's exactly what I'm telling you. (laughs) But, hey, their last – we talked about our offense the other day on Sunday Coffee, about how we only had – three possessions where we did not score. All right, we were stopped by a couple punts and then on, on downs in the third quarter. They had to punt six consecutive times. That's one thing we really didn't talk about a whole lot on Sunday, but they had to punt six consecutive times, turned it over on downs late. So they really didn't get anything. The most yards they had was the last possession of the game. They had 37 yards, and that was – the game is in you know is is done at that time.
0: All right. So as you look back then, that's sort of the untold story of the game for you, right? Or the perhaps the underrated part of the game for you is that our defense, other than that one drive, never allowed them to get anything going at all. That's the underrated story for you. What
1: I'm saying is is after halftime when our coaching staff had a chance to get the guys in the locker room and peel a little paint Give a little inspiration. They didn't do a whole lot in the second half. In the second half, their drives, negative 8, 16, 0, 6, 4. That was their next
0: six drives. Now, but we're going to leave out the one at the end, right?
1: Yeah, the one at the end up matter. I okay. mean, that was that was garbage time, too. So, other than I'm that, picking and choosing
0: hard today. Okay, so there's another four minutes. So, now we're up to 12 minutes of the 60 minutes played. It's 20%. are reasonably happy. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Okay. Well, I'll play along. I thought the underrated story, and I went back and listened to our Sunday coffee episode. I'm known to do that now and then. And here's what I came away with. I thought we were too slow in observing a couple of things. And they're related. And that is how well coached this team was. And what makes me say they were well coached? One penalty. There were no preced- now, Now that I'm saying this, we'll roll out and jump off sides twice before the kickoff. But... No personal fouls, not a bunch of guys running around acting crazy, not a bunch of guys posing after tackles, not having to hurry to get a playoff because somebody's running on late. To me, the one penalty, the organization, we didn't always execute, but we looked like we knew what we were trying to do.
1: And you bring up the point about not being overly excitable if you made a tackle, not having too much swagger. Now you know if, if we're looking back to to the to the spring, I would have loved to have seen some personal files. You know what I'm saying with with the baseball team. With these guys, they play they're playing with an edge, but they're not playing with
0: a dumb edge. There was the line in the movie Spinal Tap, which you probably never saw. There's such a fine line between stupid and brilliant. <laughs> Maybe there is a fine line between edge and excessiveness, right? Isn't Spinal Tap the one where they got lost? Yeah, hello Cleveland. Okay. I didn't know, I did not watch Spinal Tap trying to get up on the stage and they get lost in the arena. That by the way, I was talking to somebody the other day. I have a recurring nightmare and my recurring nightmare, I have it about once a month and I had it last night. I got hired to be the play-by-play broadcaster for wow what was it at the time when I lived there, Fox Sports Southwest. Okay, now it's like Bally, but they did the Rangers games. So I was going to get the chance to be the Rangers guy. And this was a dream last night. I have this dream all the time. Okay. And I get lost and can't find my way to the press box, and I lose my job before the game ever starts. So you're going to the press box. You're not the sideline guy. I was going to be a press box guy. I don't know that I would be very good at working a crowd like that.
1: Last night, let me tell you what I did last night. I'm the I'm the guy that wakes up at three o'clock in the morning, and I start down one road and I go to another. And I knew that we were going to talk. We we're going to talk to James Miller in just a little bit. James Miller, of course, uh, assistant coach Mississippi State men's basketball. And I was thinking about, hey, you know, we're going to talk to James. Man, I tell you what, oh, Darlene, his wife, Darlene does women's basketball, Excuse me, volleyball broadcast with me. And so the last time Darlene did a broadcast, she was wearing a purple shirt. And I was I was giving her a hard time about oh, LSU playing today, just joking around. And then I got to thinking, you know, LSU helmets have a really good stripe down the middle of the helmet. And I was like, you know, what teams have really good stripes on helmets? Well, the Packers have a good stripe on helmet. Well, hey, what kind of cheese do I like? I really like mozzarella cheese. I've always wanted to go to Italy. But you know what? Basketball just went to Portugal, which is close to to Italy. Hey, we're going to talk to James Miller. That's I'm the not way-
0: sure that Portugal and Italy are terribly close. I mean, they share a continent. Well, they, I, mean, I mean. they got a few major countries in between them. But North
1: Carolina, Kansas. It's all relative here. Okay. okay. Hey, we're in the Farm Bureau studios. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorates.com. Agents all across the state of Mississippi. And uh, go by and see our friends at Farm Bureau. Home, life, auto, whatever you're in the market for. And we talked about this past weekend. We've got a new sponsor on uh, out of left field, and that's our good friends at Howard Technology Solutions. Howardcomputers.com, you'll be amazed at what this Mississippi company does. It's all made down in uh, Jones County, down in Ellisville, Laurel. They've got several different plants down there, but the thing that stands out to me, whether you're in the private sector, if you're in the government world, K-12, if you ever need monitors, if you ever need mixers, displays, projection screens, They can do it all. They can come to your facility. They can map it all out, and they will make you look great and technology savvy. Hey, if you just need a computer, if you just need an old laptop or display, a monitor or whatever, they can take care of you. But anyway, go to howardcomputers.com. Got uh, several texts the other day about us making fun of David Perkins and Rusty Toms as we were talking about uh, those great people at Howard Technology Solutions. I don't know
0: that I was making fun of them.
1: Well, I mean, you said you were surprised that that he had a daughter
0: that would be Miss Mississippi. Well, a lot of people are surprised when they see my daughter. Well, it's not – And much like they do with David Perkins, they say, I'm glad she looks like her mom.
1: And Emmy was able to overcome David.
0: Yeah, we all all have our hurdles. You know what else they can do with their computers? They can tell you that Italy and Portugal are actually further apart than North Carolina and Kansas. Probably not by much. Ah, About 150 miles.
1: Exactly. That's not far at all. That's like from – that's that's here to Tuscaloosa, okay? All right, uh, so looking back at last week, I thought we had a good crowd first week. It's amazing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. It was okay.
0: I Come mean, on. They were in into- tight. So I've gotten a little feedback on your commentary from last week, by the way. So I feel duty-bound to stop you right now because, first of all, last week you came in and said, we tackled great. And I got a few messages saying – what game was he watching?
1: I'm just going by the numbers.
0: All right, so I just state facts. So here. I got that. And now you're telling me as you walk in here, hey, the crowd was great. It was into it a little bit because you're not talking quantity; you're talking about quality. It was
1: Quality. It was a quality crowd for the for the size of the crowd. It was it was a lot of quality to it. Now we're in week two. You got a night hey, game. Can this we? Week. And
0: you know, our friend uh, Brooks Bryant's been on this kick on Twitter. By the way, I think we'd have to develop a. We need – I know they have cowbell yell before the first game. That's got to become more educational. I'm not saying we need like a full three-hour class, but probably a one-hour mandatory freshman orientation of things you need to know. One of those things you need to know is that when our quarterback is standing there, you don't ring a cowbell. (laughs) Okay, we did that a lot on big plays. We got guys ring cowbells. Second thing you need to know is don't buy a dog when you're a freshman, but that's a – and if you do, clean up after it on the sidewalks outside the Farm Bureau Studios.
1: Okay, outside the Farm Bureau Studios. So now it's a downtown issue. The, a couple of years ago, the emphasis was the maroon-white fight, fight, fight. The students were doing it too fast.
0: Can I give you my old band point of view real quick, by the way? Okay. If I were the czar, I would abandon and outlaw that song because – Everybody does it. Yeah. Everybody does it. And what's worse is we don't like to acknowledge this because we have our own twist. We were like 20 years late to that game. I mean, (laughs) this is like, you know, I guarantee you, you go back to the 74 final four and there's some band playing that, but not to be too old man. I'll live with it. I'll be quiet. It's our stadium. We don't have to worry about what other people say about us, but we do get in a hurry there. I'm glass half full today because you've got a night game this week, 630 start against Arizona. You've been glass half full. You're talking about our great tackling and great crowds. Are we going to have a good crowd this weekend? Yes, I think so.
1: And here's the reason why. I can usually tell by the number of texts and phone calls that I get leading into a game. Hey, I'm looking for tickets. I've had a lot of folks looking for tickets this week. I have,
0: too. I've gotten several of those.
1: And so that kind of gives me an idea. Arizona, that's going to be kind of an old measuring stick game. I think we're going to figure out uh, how good we are. Nick Burns coming into town. You know Nick, oldest son of Greg. He went to work. He works in the Wildcat Club at Arizona. He used to work in the Bulldog Club with us. Nick's coming back this week. So we've got a wager on the game, not money. Uh, That is against NCAA rules for me. And so I will not discuss what the, the losing party has to do. And so, of course, if you're coming to Starkville this weekend, Charlie mentioned if you're walking on the downtown streets to make sure, if you have a dog, to make sure you clean up after your dog. But if you're trying to get dinner reservations, you're trying to figure out exactly what to do, exactly where all the shops are that you want to brunch and browse with on Sunday, go to
0: Starkville.org. You know, we still are in Starkville community market season, Bart. Whoever's got the late
1: corn and the late watermelons, pumpkins are about to be coming in now, Charlie. We're going
0: to have the fall season where you can buy some pumpkins up there, I guess. Hey, by the way, if you are in town on Friday, which is tomorrow, music on Main, that'll be going from 4.30 to 6.30. And then on Sunday, if you want to hang around, soccer, Louisiana, Monroe, so all that going on in Starville this weekend.
1: All right, when we come back on the other side of the break, we'll talk to James Miller, assistant basketball coach at Mississippi State, and kind of get the lowdown on the trip to Portugal and what the expectations are, are playing with high expectations coming into the basketball season. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. And once again, thanks to our good friends at 107.9 WFCA over in French Camp, airing the show each and every week. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell. I'm going to talk to Assistant Coach James Miller in just a moment. This conversation brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing made right here in the state of Mississippi. They make it right down on Highway 49 at the Country Meat Packers building. they got the big butcher shop down there. Jalapeno cheddar, just the original, the pineapple and pork. Go to countrypleasing.com, and they will ship it to you. You just can't beat country pleasing. Hey, if you're coming up this weekend looking for something to put on the grill for the tailgate, go by the big butcher shop down there. They've got dry-aged steaks. They've got a bunch of jerky. They have meals each and every day, and they also they will cater for you. Up to 500 people, they'll do some ribs and all, all kind of good stuff for you. Our good friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. And so we're joined now by assistant coach, Associate James. head coach, Associate head coach James Miller. We were talking just a moment ago about how Darlene, your better half, handles the uh, the color analysis of volleyball broadcast with me, and about how you know she she outworks me. I ain't gonna lie with you. <laughs> she uh, she studies her stuff. And, uh, you know, I don't want to take shots at, you know, the guy sitting over here to the left now, but I'm telling you, she does a lot of homework.
0: It's kind of like the old Army commercial. She does more before 10 (laughs) a.m. than I do all year. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing? Good. How about you? Oh, we're doing great. Hey, this time last year we were sitting here talking about,
1: okay, what's the style going to be like? What's Bulldog basketball going to look like? And then all of a sudden, you know, we, we go to the NCAA tournament. Everybody understands about the defensive philosophy. And now you got so many guys coming back. What's it going to be like playing with expectations or high expectations coming into the season?
2: Yeah, I think as a program, uh, we welcome those expectations going into this year. Um, obviously, it's a lot different than this time last year. Uh, but uh, we're excited about it. And coming off the trip to Portugal, I think uh, we're pretty we're pretty optimistic about our chances. And ideally, we can make a few more jump shots this year and that'll help us out and be, be a little bit prettier for us. But... Uh, I think we're really excited about those expectations, and we kind of own those expectations.
0: Bart talks about playing with expectations and last year not knowing what was going on. A year ago, some of your players didn't know what to expect. Now they're in a different spot just like fans are. How has that helped in terms of improvement on the court?
2: Well, they know what to expect from the staff on a daily basis and, and know those expectations and, and that standard they're held to. Um, and then knowing that I think has helped them elevate, like you say, um, because they, they, they're, they're comfortable. Um, and I don't mean it comfortable like they're, they're taking it easier, they're, they're slacking off. I mean it that they just know what to expect and then how do we make these next strides uh, to elevate our game both individually and as a team. And so um, I think they're very excited to do that. Again, we don't run from those expectations, um, but when there's a, a sense of knowing what's to come on a daily basis and knowing what those high standards hold – um, they know they need to meet those, and, and if, they're not, if they don't, then obviously they're held, held accountable. So uh, guys like Cam Matthews and, and Tolu Smith um, do a good job in our locker room of, of holding everybody else to those standards, um, and then therefore hopefully we'll continue to elevate our team, uh, both individually, and that's what we hope, is some of these guys take the next step, you know, so that, therefore our team is better.
0: Hey, we were talking earlier about this past week's football game, and one of the things that jumped out, No penalties, basically. I had one penalty the whole game, but there were no pre-snap penalties. Nobody's jumping offsides. Nobody's late getting on or off the field. And you thought, wow, that's kind of unusual early in a season not to have those mistakes. What's the basketball equivalent of of the offsides penalty? What do you see teams struggle with most early in the year? Is it unforced turnovers, just not shooting as well? What is your thing that you'll look at the stat sheet and say, hey, we know what we're
2: doing? Turnovers. Usually it's because there's a lack of cohesion because guys haven't played together. Or teams haven't played together for, you know, extended period of time or have the experience at this level if it's new guys. Um, so I think turnovers early on will show that. And then um, it, it, we, we call it like layups on defense. If there's certain things in our defense, that this should be easy. There, there's easy things. Right. It's like making a layup in basketball. You shouldn't miss layups. So layups on defense. just is let's just say ball screen coverage. And hey, we shouldn't mess up this ball screen coverage because it's something we do. Thousands and thousands of times over the course of practicing and games over the course of the year, um, you know, things like that. I think you'll see that, OK, hopefully we don't have some defensive miscues that, again, with experience or cohesion, you, you won't have um, because we've done it so long together.
1: We talk about style of play and we talk about the defense in just a moment ago. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what style you play. You got to players. I mean, you got to guys can can make buckets and guys can defend you got Tolu Smith. You mentioned Cam Matthews, and so many times in locker rooms, teams and coaches talk about it's always great to have when your best players are some of your hardest workers. It just seems to me like, of course, this is a veteran team, but you got some hard workers at the top. The guys that are going to score a lot of points are guys that work hard in the off season. Mm-hmm.
2: Correct. Yeah, and I think you know there's been some progress from guys and taking the next step in that category. Guys like Shaq Moore have had a great summer, and and I think he's shown a ton of growth on and off the floor for us. Um, you know, Deshaun Davis is, has done the same thing. So I think those guys are primed to take another step forward from last year's, uh, you know, productivity individually. And then again, obviously that helps our team. So uh, it does help to have your best players be some of your hardest workers and, and vocal in trying to carry on the same message that coach has. One of the things that always
0: excites me about football season or seeing the new guys. We've heard about them through recruiting and the transfer portal and things like that. But until you see them on the field, you don't really know what you have. We saw a lot of young guys play this past weekend in football. A lot of talk around some of the newcomers that you guys have. Um, obviously, a lot of talk around Josh Hubbard, Jimmy Bell, Andrew Taylor, but they're not the only ones. How do you how do you size up the the new group of guys here early on and after Portugal? Who do you see in that group really pushing for meaningful playing time?
2: Well, I think early on what, we've, what we tried to address in recruiting was our inability to make shots consistently from three-point last year. And outside of Jimmy Bell, who's a five-man, which we're not really going to ask him to shoot a ton of threes, obviously, I think we addressed that. So with the new guys, um, you know, people are going to see across the board the ability to make shots um, consistently, hopefully knock on wood. Um, but, yeah, the, the expectations we have for the transfers and Jimmy and, and Andrew are, are super high just because they've done it for four or five years now at college level. Um, they're both grad transfers. They, they have great experience playing in really good programs. Um, so those guys give us a jolt along with the guys that are coming back. And then guys like Josh Hubbard and Adrian Myers and Guy Chol that are freshmen, um, you know, they're going to be learning on the fly, and they hadn't played in college basketball. And obviously uh, in Portugal they showed flashes, especially Josh and, and Adrian. Guy didn't make the trip. And then you have the junior college transfers with Trey um, Ford and uh, Jaquan Scott. And, and both of those guys have played in college. But again, it's a different level when you're playing in the SEC and, and competing against these guys on a daily basis. And and so, again, those guys uh, bring some scoring across the board and some shooting across the board, which I think we needed um, in order to kind of, if nothing else, for depth purposes uh, behind some of the guys that are returning. But hopefully we'll push some of those guys for playing time. Um, and then, you know, like you said, going into the playing time and some guys that impressed us. I mean, I think Josh Hubbard was really impressive in Portugal. Albeit against mediocre competition, we all know it. But he showed some flashes of what we think he can be. Um, you know, Andrew Taylor showed some flashes of being a playmaker with the ball in his hands, and um, you know, just whipping the ball around on offense and getting guys involved and in something that we kind of lacked at times last year. And then making some jump shots and um, so a lot of those guys that uh, they showed what we thought they were in recruiting. Now, again, uh, we'll see if they can do it here in two or three months against some better competition um, as we get primed and ready to go. But um, Thankfully, I, th- I think that those guys are who they thought we, were, we th- what, thought we were getting. You know, I mean, that that's exactly what we thought we were getting um, and recruiting them, and, and it's shook out that way thus far. Now we'll see how it gets uh, when we get to the SEC play and things like that.
1: You talk about Portugal and going over there and, and the, the level of competitions that you play against. Well, I've had a couple of people say, hey, man, why don't you do that? Why don't you go over there and play against – you know, teams that are not very good, what does that do? But Charlie and I have talked about this for the past couple months, about the team building and building the cohesiveness. How big is that for a guy like Josh Hubbard and Adrian Myers and those guys to to get acclimated to a road trip and around Tolu Smith and Cam Matthews and Shaq and those guys? How, How big is that overall for your program?
2: It's huge because not only do you get the trip where there's cohesion built and the, and the camaraderie is definitely coming together because um, you're spending every single waking hour together for about 8 to 10 days, um, but then you also have the practices leading into going uh, on a foreign tour where you get 10 extra practices where you know it's, a, it's much more like the fall going into the season as far as what you can do hours restriction-wise when you take a foreign tour. So then when you go on the trip um, – you know, and, and I say it's a mediocre competition from a standpoint they are pros. I mean, they're professional players, but they're not—they're not they are not mid form either. They're—they they're, probably haven't been practicing like we were. Then um, they have a couple guys that can play, but they're—you know—they're not uh, across the board probably as deep as us. But when you get into those game situations, you, you get to play with each other. You get to see where guys you know are lacking or, or where they need to work, and then you also get to see, okay, hey, this guy can't shoot like we thought he could, right? Um, when those lights come on but then off the court like you said we go surfing together we go um, you know look at all these these different um, history type places and we take these tours together and again it's a lot of stuff whereas young young people you probably feel like well, why am I doing this but then when they get done and they're laughing they're like coach thanks for taking us on this you know it's one of those deals where a lot of us probably as younger people we don't understand the uh, the importance and the gravity of the situation and how it can really bring us together Um, but now we feel like, okay, we're hitting the ground running in the fall as opposed to having uh, seven, eight, nine, whatever it was, new guys that we ended up bringing in um, that, okay, who are you? And how do you play? And, oh, we haven't practiced together yet. And, and so you're just so much further along than you would be without that, without that trip, um, both on and off the court. So it's huge for our program. It's, it's huge for our guys. And, and then, honestly, it gives them a, a first-class experience um, that I'll, oftentimes most of those guys will never, never get to experience. What's a
0: day in the life look like right now for a Mississippi State basketball player? When I talk about schedule, not the game schedule, but between now, kind of over the next two months, what are these guys
2: going to be doing?
0: How often are they going to be doing it?
2: Yeah, morning time is typically, you know, going towards academics, whether it's study hall class, attendance, whatever. And then once you kind of get afternoon or after after 1 p.m., then it's pretty basketball heavy. They'll go. Uh, they lift five days a week right now, um, lifting condition five days a week. Um, and then, you know, whether it's just depending on the day, it's either an individual workout for 40 minutes uh, in small groups or we'll go and we'll practice for, you know, 70 to 80 minutes depending on the day, at least two times a week. And then that'll kind of be that that, that uh, schedule probably the next three, three and a half weeks. And then as you get closer to October 1st, then it's, you know, practice five or six days a week uh, depending on the week and, and then have a couple closed-door scrimmages before you get into games uh, for us, November 8th. So um it's kind of the dog days in a sense of getting leading into the season um but obviously it's it's already you know September 1st it seems like I don't know how that got got here already but um I think our guys are starting to see okay here comes official practice in three weeks once you get to official practice you got 42 days and then you're playing so um it's pretty pretty heavy from 1 1 p.m till whenever we're done um, with with basketball, and, and, and it's pretty much every single day outside of the weekends right now.
1: Charlie and I talked about this a couple of times, about when you look back at last year's season, you're trying to find a point. You know, we, we had the slow start. We had a tough schedule to start that thing. I mean, it was a tough schedule. And then you go to Alabama, and, and you lose a close game. You kind of feel like you can play with anybody in the country. Did you guys think that that was the time? That's when we kind of thought, hey, that this team has a chance to turn this thing around, and we had to scratch and claw like dog now, to get in, and we finally did. But I thought that that Alabama game on the road last year was kind of when we were like, you know what, we can, we can turn this thing around in a hurry.
2: Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the nose. Bart. It's it, We played a very, very difficult schedule to start the league. Um, I don't think the, the luck, luck of the draw was on our side from that standpoint. And our margin for error was so, was so small in a lot of those games because we were playing, you know, really tough teams. Like you say, you go to Alabama and, and we're – you know, lead the game for, I don't know, 34, 35 minutes of the 40-minute game. Um, and, and I don't think at that point we felt like we couldn't play with anybody. Um, we just needed to fix a few things to get, you know, over the hump from from a standpoint of a few th- areas, especially offensively, it's, it felt like. So, um, again, with our inability to make shots consistently last year, the margin for error, if we weren't making free throws, was really, really small. Uh, we just didn't have, uh, you know, much wiggle room. And so after that Alabama game, let's be honest, the schedule loosens up a little bit as far as the, the conference schedule. And then we start playing a little bit better and, you know, having some guards you know, start to create a little bit better and Shaq Moore inserting in the start lineup, I think help you know, obviously provide a little more offense for us, uh, things like that, and, and then you get on a roll. And, um, again, I don't, I, don't, I don't think, you know, with the, with the conference schedule coming out this, this year pretty quick, I, it's not really easy, again, to start off. So I think the Alabama game provided, you know, us some confidence in a way, um, we actually feel like we probably let an opportunity get by us, you know, and, and slip past us. But um, at the same time, I think our guys knew we could play. It was more along the lines of just keeping them together and, and not putting their heads down and not, you know, tapping out and, and kind of having that resilience that Coach preaches all the time and, and then showing it, uh, which thankfully we did.
0: Non-conference schedule shaping up, and on know all this will be released soon, but going to be on the road a little bit, playing some games. You like – Loading up your schedule with road games in the pre-conference, do you feel like that helps to a lesser extent maybe than Portugal? Get the guys out of town, keep them together. Do you see benefits from that?
2: Well, you got a couple benefits. You you get a chance to play in some marquee events against some good teams. I think that helps. Um, you know, most people are, are a little skeptical of coming to Stark, Starkville and playing us here because I don't think they feel like they're probably going to win. You know, and so you get some of those games like in Arizona State or Rutgers, where you you might not be able to get them to come here. Um, and, you, and you get that game at a neutral site or semi-neutral site. Um, yeah, and, and doing that early in the season I think helps you um, test yourself in, in a little bit more of a neutral environment, right? And then second, from an NCA standpoint and seeding standpoint, because obviously our expectation is to go back to the NCAA tournament, to play those games on a neutral court against you know, higher ranked net ranking is what they call it, teams, gives you a better chance to be selected um, at large and then it improves your seeding. So I think that's part of it too. Um, and then, yeah, of course, getting out of town and, and being able to have those experiences and being able to, to win in some hostile environments. You know, we're going to play Rutgers in New Jersey, so it's not like it's a true neutral game. It's going to be hostile for us um, is a good test for us going into the league. So I think we enjoy that. Uh, in a perfect world where we like to play 10 or 11 games at home in, in, the, in the fall, yeah. I mean, I think who wouldn't? But um, I don't know if that's what's best to, to test our team, especially a team like this that we have the expectations to do some, some pretty good damage come March and April.
1: Hey, we play a game in two months. It's not long now.
2: It's not very far away.
1: Should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Hey, appreciate you coming by.
2: Appreciate you guys. Thanks.
1: Associate Head Coach James Miller talking about Mississippi State basketball. Appreciate James coming in. And this conversation brought to you by our friends at Maroon and Company at the Cotton Mill Marketplace. It's right there by campus, turning right by Chick-fil-A. Go to maroonandco.com. You're supposed to wear white this weekend. We talked last week about how everybody was talking about you got to wear something different for every game, and you got to do that this weekend. So the first time you wear white this year, go to maroonandco.com. They have that uh, 90s MSU vault logo product, the interlocking MSU. Go to maroonandco.com backslash 90s MSU for that line of interlocking MSU apparel and here's the whole kicker. When you go online or go in the store, tell them you have a discount code of left field 15. That's for out of left field. That's our show. Left field 15. And you'll get 15% off the entire order for all full priced items. And that's our good friends at Maroon and Company. They're Mississippi State people. Why Craig, fantastic guy. And Maroon and & Company, a big part of the Startville community for your apparel needs. And also our friends at Trax Plus. Go to TracksPlus.com. They have five locations, Hickory, Mississippi, Hattiesburg, Columbus, Bessemer, Alabama, and Alexandria, Louisiana. Go to TracksPlus.com. You can see all the new and used heavy machinery. They have one of the biggest array of used equipment Anywhere in the deep south, as far as forestry equipment, heavy machinery, if you need rental, they're big in the rental world now. We talked about the bulldozers and the track hose last week. If you're looking for a mini excavator to rent on a weekend, go to TracksPlus.com and they will get you ready. Hunting camp, your personal property, Whatever you need. Our friends at Trax Plus. And so, hey, that'll do it today. We appreciate James Miller stopping by. Thanks again to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau, go with a home team at Farm Bureau. Howard Technology Solutions. Go to howardcomputers.com to see how they can help take care of your technology needs. Country Pleasing Sausage. Go to countrypleasing.com. They'll ship it anywhere to you. It's all outstanding. Maroon and Company. Go to maroonandco.com. 15% 15% off your purchases, folks, if you put left field 15 in the coupon code. And our friends at TRACKS Plus go to traxplus.com and also Bank First go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. And so, for Charlie Winfield and James Miller, the associate head coach at Mississippi State, I'm Bart Gregory. Hey, appreciate you hanging out with us here on Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau.